Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a wild time in the Thank you for downloading the podcast, Dianos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What is up, everybody? This is the podcast, Dianos. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined as always by a man who has an infectious smile and is comfortable sliding in the two hole. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, what's going on, buddy? Well, I'm good, but now I'm feeling a little more awkward. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The, the two hole. Is this like a, a goalie's? What's the difference between a two hole and a five hole? About three hole, I would say. <laughs> three three holes difference. Three holes difference. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're referring to. I'm just talking about the two spot in the Tigers order. As you say, vacated by Jonathan Scope and also vacated a long time ago by one Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter. Yeah, I, I understand there's some uh, a connection here with Tori. Is that right? There is. Uh, so a different venture has allowed me um, a weird amount of access to professional athletes over the last couple of weeks. And I had the chance to interview uh, Tori Hunter, I don't know, two, two or so nights ago. Um, I started off the episode by asking him uh, about what it's like to be a teammate of the legendary Don Kelly. A mm. lot of love for Donnie. Said he's one of his all-time favorite teammates. And I mentioned that I thought that Donnie was the Lord of the Sack Fly, and he's like, "Oh, that's right, Donnie always on the Sack Flies." <laughs> uh, Don, he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, you, you can't not like Donnie. Um, he also said that that Jim Leland, um, the manager uh, of the Tigers in 2013, it was Leland's last year, um, said that he had a system down that. He knew that as soon as the ball was put in play, that the camera would be focused on the ball in play and not on the dugout. So that's when he would take the quick drags on his cigarette. That is next level. That is five-dimensional chess. Yeah, and and I wouldn't expect anything less from from the old skipper. I mean, he's he's clearly working at a higher plane than the rest of us. An intellect unknown to mankind, for sure. <laughs> and he also said that the, the 2013 team, which would have been the season that we had Doug Fister in the rotation, not the year yeah. that we traded for David Price, that that was the best team that he played on in, in his 19 years, which I mean, that's a long career that uh, he went deep into the playoffs a couple times with Minnesota, but that was the team. He had nothing but glowing things to say about one uh, Verlander, Scherzer, 
and Doug Fister. Doug Fister was was the big one that he he really wanted to talk about. Really, no kidding. Understandable. I mean, Fister was brilliant. He was as much of an ace that year as those other guys. Porcello was on that team. Any ball? Yep. Sanchez. Wow, that that team was stacked. Yeah, it's wow. almost like we should have won a World Series that year. Yeah, it's so harsh. I mean, if, if, is that the year that um, Fister struck out nine guys in a row? Ten I guys think I think so. I think we ended that year with your boy as the closer. With Phil? I think so. I could I could be transposing years. I I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I was yeah. I was but a kid. Yeah, it is. It is weird how things just meld in your mind after a while. Especially when they're all bullpen collapses, it's like what's the what's the what's the bother in differentiating between them? The, the different collapsing. Yeah. Uh, he also mentioned that that Gardenhire. Uh, so when when Tory came up, his his manager was Tom Kelly. Gardenhire, I believe, was the bench coach, and Gardenhire was the biggest prankster in the essentially in the organization. He would be lighting people's shoelaces on fire under under the the bench. You know, the old uh, put chewing gum wherever um and it's it's nice to know that uh despite being an elder statesman now that Gardy had his moments i could see that still Gardy seems pretty playful yet i mean he's he's got that jolly look about him he's he's kind of a a, a prankster yet at heart yeah and and the last little bit i know we've gone on for a long time about something that's completely not this podcast um but he he played with david ortiz before he was big poppy which i i was really keen to ask him about because when he was with minnesota he he kind of wasn't very good right um and he's like david despite not being very good back then same dude like he always had that same you know infectious big poppy start style personality but he told us a story that uh cory koski Remember the the twins yeah. third baseman back in the day, actually put um, peanut butter and covered the entire bit of of Big Poppy's jockstrap one um, one game, and about the first or second inning he realized like what is going on down there, and Tori's like, dude, what what is going on in your jockstrap normally that you it takes you to, until into the game before you realize <laughs> that there's is it normally kind of slimy and viscous down there, <laughs> but. But apparently he just finished the game with with the PB in his jackstrap. Wow. So yeah, yeah, that's commitment. I'm gonna say kudos. I don't know if that's the right word in this this context, but it's something. Yeah, comes back to the locker room, get some crackers or celery, good to go. <laughs> Ants on a log. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. So just like last week, I have a favor to ask all of you listeners. Um, I have launched a new sports podcast. Um, with two of my fellow uh, podcasting friends, um, which is ironically not the, not the one that I referred to in the open. That's a, a completely different deal. Um, you have two. so many podcasts. How, how many girlfriends do you have? Yeah, this this will always be my first love. I will always come back to the podcastianos because this is where my roots are. Yeah, you tell all the podcasts. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, it's sports, gambling, pop culture, uh, current events, all that kind of stuff. If you like this show, there is a pretty good chance that you are also going to like that show. If you like this podcast, but don't like me, boy, do we have something for you. Yeah. Imagine replacing Eric with two other early thirties, somethings, um, that know like young people things. Yeah. That's an upgrade for sure. It's it's different. I don't I don't know. That it's always an upgrade, but it's different. There's something to be said for for wisdom and age. Yeah, I mean, if you want old man takes, I guess I shouldn't be even joking about that. I'm not that old. 
Oh. I mean, that, that's certainly up for debate. Laugh it out. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I need your help to get this get this all rolling. Uh, there's two episodes up on iTunes, Spotify, uh, or wherever you get your your pods. If you could download both, subscribe, rate, and review it, that would be incredibly helpful. Um, the first couple of months kind of set the tone for how iTunes and all the other um, platforms view uh, view your show, and I would prefer it, all things being equal, if they viewed the show well, so yeah. more people listened and hopefully make some money. You're not doing anything else important. Yeah. Don't worry about that other stuff. Just do what Hall tells you. Yeah. Next time you're on the toilet, whip out your phone, go leave us a review, and then finish your business. Yeah, that's that's a strong agenda. I'm I'm neutral on you washing your hands. It's up to you. It's America. Uh, so this show that you're currently listening to, if you want to get in touch with you can uh, with us, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain and the show is at podcastianos. I am of course on Instagram at Jordino for Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain and the show is at podcastianos. And we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your pods. I feel like you just need to give us a subscribe just for old time's sake. Once in a while, I should, I forgot about that. It's, it's been a minute. Give us the subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, rate, and review. Good job. Thanks. So, Eric, after the excitement we had on last week's show, which admittedly was maybe a little bit tempered, the Tigers just got absolutely punked 19 to nothing by the Brewers and have now lost six of their last eight games. Seems bad. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Wildly, we're still in the playoff hunt. That is much more of an indictment on the Yankees than it is positive on us, but we're still kind of there. There, it seems in the media, the, the, the kind of a meltdown with the Yankees, like, Oh man, they, they needed this extra spot. They're really floundering and all this attention to the Yankees. And I'm like, Hey, what about us? We're trying. We could be that team. We could be that team. It's it's becoming to look unlikely, but we could be that team. We're so close. Uh, have no fear though the cavalry is arriving eric i don't know if you saw this but jordan zimmerman has been activated off the il and of course nick ramirez has been recalled from toledo so you excited about that oh so so stoked i can't can't imagine any more excitement for zimmerman (laughs) what what role do you see uh old zimmy filling when he gets to gets to the d being bad (laughs) i don't He's going to get the spot start, right? And then I don't think he's just going to get plugged into us in this in the rotation. I think Maybe. it could depend on what he does in that first spot start. Saying that, I think we know what he's going to do in that first spot start. So Yeah, yeah it's, I, I'd be stunned if he comes out and just shoves. But, <laughs> you know, it's he's going to be on – long innings on longer longish rests and they're going to try to stretch them out so you know he's going to get four days rest and either do some long relief or they'll find us a spot to start them or whatever so eric you're you're a big bucket list guy uh was seeing zimmerman don the old english d one more time on that list let's just say i'm not going to pump any millions into renting a helicopter and rappelling down from it to catch a glimpse of one Jordan Zimmerman. I'm not familiar with helicopter rental fees. Is that costing millions? It feels high. You just, just got to know the right people and have lots of money. And you can, it's amazing what you can get. 
and get pretty much anything with with yeah. enough money. But anyway, so we knew that this was going to be kind of an up and down year. The The rebuilding path is weird and wild. Um, and it's nice that there have been some exciting bits mixed in. But I think we kind of just need to take the the flow as it, as it comes this year. Yeah. And even the exciting bits turn into eh bits. That's what <laughs> you have with like kids like Isak Paredes. We were so excited about. He hit that grand slam. He was working counts or whatever. And now he's like, oh, for 16 or something like that. And it's just so harsh because that's what you get with kids. I mean, we've seen it with Jacoby. We've seen it with Reyes. We've seen it with Condelario. And hopefully some of those guys are coming back around. But in the early days, it was just, there's a lot of chaff with the wheat, unfortunately. Man, that's a great reference. Look at you yeah. dropping agricultural. Yeah, I do a lot of threshing in my spare time. <laughs> so I can see that. Yeah, uh, so, own threshing floor, artisanal uh, breads. In our time in Israel, I was actually on, in a or on, on a threshing floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all your ox. It's a so, biblical reference there for you. Let's talk about some good things. Um, as you so eloquently put it before uh, our our podcast chat, um, the Victor Reyes vindication tour continues. Yeah. He is just lashing out on everybody who besmirched his name. Which was he's, pretty much everybody. Yeah. He's making all the all the crow eating, all the mea culpas are needing to happen. Because he looks good, doesn't he? He looks great. So what, what seasonings do you prefer on your crow? Mm, well, some Trader Joe's, everything <laughs> but the bagel. So it's bougie, man. Yeah. yeah. Tell me how. Tell me how that one percent is. Maybe some dollar store garlic salt. <laughs> but Reyes, he's been so good. He, you know, I'm not a big breakdown mechanics guy or a deep dive stats guy, but it just seems to me like he's taking the the pitches away and not trying to power them and swinging wildly. He's just going with them golfing them in a in a mild controlled way to the other field he his he's hitting some of the earlier pitches with more power um and just his approach so is so good he's he's becoming a tough out yeah yeah absolutely these are these are things that that good hitters do (laughs) and it's very pleasant that we have somebody that is now doing things that good hitters do i find that enjoyable Weren't you saying something about his exit velocity or something? He's just he's just hitting with more power. Yeah. So amongst Tigers regulars this year, he is third in terms of average exit velocity. Which would you have ever guessed that coming into the year? Like he he obviously put together a decent second half to the year last year, but it was a lot of singles, kind of a lot a lot of uh, low exit velo stuff. He's he's putting charges into the ball right now. OPS of eight oh three, which as a frame of reference is higher than Nolan Arenado, George Springer, or Eugenio Suarez. So clearly, I mean, he's probably going to be one of the best power hitters in the game from here on out. Well, I, well, I don't know about that, but... He, for the record, that that was sarcasm. It has been a, a small sample size, and that's why his OPS is higher than those noted sluggers. Well, yeah, okay, small sample size for that particular OPS, but he's over 100 games now with... Decent with over like 300 batting average, making good contact. Um, this isn't a small sample size for 
um, excellence as an overall hitter, I'd say. Are you ready to pronounce him in making air quotes here arrived? Sure. I think so. I think you can pencil him in and have some degree of comfort that he's going to be a, um, maybe a, a league average hitter for you. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any way he posts uh negative war, at least this year and, and probably the next couple of years, uh, thought experiment game is on the line and you need a hit. Is there anyone in the current lineup you'd rather have up than him? I don't know. Maybe is it Miggy? Maybe. I, I mean, you have Candelario? to think that maybe he has the the magic left in that in that bat. But I mean, even for Victor Reyes to be in that conversation is stunning, based on how much we talked crap about him, actually, essentially nonstop for the last two years. Actually, no. I would want honestly. I'd want Jonathan Scope. Yeah, I mean, he's he's our best player, but. Yeah. Um, so if we came away from from 2020 kind of with the the assumption now that both him and Candelario have established themselves as long term pieces to the puzzle, not necessarily the, the star guys, but guys that can be a part of when we're good. Do you think that's a successful offensive campaign? Yeah, I think so. And we're going to have a chance to learn some more about guys like uh, Willie Castro and Isak Paredes and if we cannot somehow manage to snag a playoff spot, then the secondary goal is to evaluate and have some understanding about these young infield guys, because in the off season, we're going to need to make some decisions about free agents. Who do we need to supplement the current roster with to be competitive? Do we need a guy like scope again? Yes, um, we do. And I think we, <laughs> we do but at least you can move your pawns around on the board a little bit to know who we need to supplement. You know, maybe you can get away without signing a first baseman like Crone and, you know, get yourself a, another outfielder or something like that. But by learning who we have and who we think we can count on, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned looking at our, our young infield, an interesting occurrence on Tuesday after Scope uh, exited when he got hit by the pitch. Your boy Jason Beck pointed out that the infield was Paredes, Castro, Sergio, Sergio Alcantara, and uh, Jamer Candelario at first. Nice little puke of the future there. Yep. I got to tell you, the most stunning part for me was Alcantara. Alcantara? 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 Have we ever Sergio. discussed, you know, the, the pronunciation of, of kids' pro prospects' names when they come up? <laughs> yeah. Sergio. Um, the, the biggest thing I was told about this young guy was he's all glove and no bat. And, and if any bat that he does have, there's no power. Yeah, tiny little dude. Yeah, tiny dude. So naturally, what does he do when he comes up? <laughs> Goes Second yard. Day, boom gone and i was like everything i've been told is a lie about this guy <laughs> or just in so, general i'm i'm gullible here i am thinking the kid doesn't have any power and then he hits a gap or then he's just hitting like a beast don't trust anyone on the internet yeah i'd, I'd agree with that um yeah i mean we we poo-pooed him great deal on this show i i've i i don't know if i've ever expressed this but i've i've personally wondered why he's been on the 40 man for the last what two years and now we see because he's got all kinds of extra base pop and he's hit like five major league or excuse me five professional home runs or something stupid like that 
He's had like no power. 20% of them in the last week, though. It's coming. I was actually wondering, do you think he was just like lonely in the competition to sleep in the minors to have the element of surprise when he got to the bigs? Like a pool hustler? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, we can't guy. we can't rule it out. I think I think there's a non-zero chance that that's what's happening here. Hey, you know, the the lights are better. The big league stadium. The, the buildings are taller. That's what Jim Price says. Um, so as as we we've discussed before anytime that i'm right about a player and then that you know that comes comes to fruition they're going to make their way into into the outline are you ready to be a willie castro guy yet there's tell there's me, plenty of room on the on this bandwagon tell me about willie castro Hall. so here's the deal willie castro at shortstop right now is a bit of a project <laughs> i don't know if he's ever going to be able to stick there but what i do know is isn't that his like he, natural position yeah He's just not a very good defender. Some people aren't. We have several of them. <laughs> okay. But okay. what I do know he can do is hit the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. He, so here's the thing. Like, he looks real smooth at the plate. And honestly, I don't look at him in the field and say, like, oh, there's there's no, you know, foundation there. It's just the execution is a little bit off. Like, I, I think that there is a, a decent fielder in there that can be, you know, reined in. It's a bit, bit away from that. Um, but I mean, for, for a middle infielder, there's a lot of sock in that bat. And I think yeah. we got to find a way to keep it in the lineup kind of continually going forward just to see what we have. We don't have middle infielders to spare that we can just kind of poo poo him because he's not very good defensively. Well, I mean, you got Paredes, Candelario, and <laughs> you know, these are all guys who you'd want to move to the corner outfield or, you know, eventually move to first base. Well, you can't move everybody to first base. You know, you need somebody to be the Johnny Peralta. I mean, who is going to play you a below league average defensive shortstop, but hit the ball. I'd like, like to go on record saying that I think that Isak Paredes could do that. Yeah, right. I, that's always been the comp for him, Peralta, right? Yeah, he's, and, he's never going to win a gold glove there. But I'm yeah. very confident that he could field every ball that was hit at him, like Johnny Peralta did for six years. Yeah, and for all the crap Johnny Peralta got from guys like Lynn Henning, he could field okay, and he could mash. Do that. Was there a specific reason that Lynn had issues with Johnny Peralta, do you think? Yeah, he was fat. <laughs> like I'm sure Lynn is looking at Paredes and saying, no, this is no good. I want to be like... He should look like that Indians pitcher that came up who's super narrow. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, moving on to a guy whose name we'll never forget. Uh, Miggy, we, we missed on last week's show. He got his big hit. Seems to have found a little bit more of a groove. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he seems to be very tactical hitting the ball the other way, taking what they're giving him. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of down with that. Be the cagey veteran, you know? I feel like he's given a kind of strong Edgar Martinez vibes right now. I'd, I'd take that. He, if he's going to stick around for the next couple of years. Which he, he will be because he's making a little bit of coin to do so. Well, I mean, if he can't hit at all or he gets hurt, I mean – Something's got to happen. I mean, you can't just roll a cor corpse out there. <laughs> Factually he's correct. Hit. He's got one job, hit. And if you can't hit for some power, you got to hit for some average. So figure it out. And he's wily enough to do that. And it seems to be 
he's getting into a little bit of groove after, you know, some stumbling. Um, he just seemed to look a little bit more comfortable um, seeing pitches better. And I'll take this version of Cabrera. I think he's up to hitting like 260 or something like that, 255. Um, even if it's not a ton of power, like he'll, he'll figure out a way to help the team. So we go from the elder statesman to the young kid. Uh, you mentioned that Isak Pereira is in a bit of a slump lately, uh, hitting a buck 57 on the year. What have you seen from the young man? You still, you still in? He, yeah, I am. Uh, he's been squeezed a lot. Maybe it's just I'm cheering for him, and but he is a guy who is inclined to work the count and take pitches. And in order to do that, uh, when you get some unfavorable calls, that does not help. And he's he's young; he's not going to get any veteran treatment up there. But I've seen some egregious examples of balls that have been called strikes on him. And he still has the third highest walk rate amongst Tigers regulars, which yeah. admittedly yeah. that is not a particularly high bar, but right. I mean, still. But that is part of his game. Part of his game is drawing walks, and you do not want to coach that out of him. No, That's absolutely like one not. of his strengths. Yeah. Strengths. Eventually it will normalize. Um, he yeah, is last on the team in hard hit percentage which is not ideal, but I'm, I'm still very, very hopeful there. And I mean, he's the youngest of the young guys. Even. Yeah, easily. All right. Last topic before we get to the nonsense, uh, you brought this up and I thought it was a really good one. Um, who would you start in a must win game on the bump? To me, the only answer is Turnbull, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, the, Especially after today. I mean, you could have said Boyd. Cause he's I the would not have player. said Boyd even before today. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, the 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 transition, essentially, not, I'm not going to say they've swapped, but like we kind of had this high hope that Boyd was going to be the ace. He started on opening day, and Turnbull has definitely taken that that mantle. And, I mean, Boyd, like, we're reaching the point where we're going to have to figure, figure out what to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the stat that blows me away, he's had three games this year, right? This year, Where yep. He, he's given his first, he's given up a home run to the first and to the second hitter he's faced. That has to be a record. I back to back leadoff home runs to start the game three times. Three times. You know, obviously, I don't have Elias behind me, but there, that can't have happened before. But what else? a lousy way to start games even if you walk a guy it's like well okay well pull it back together here bomb next guy bomb like oh three times he's done that and then today he lays an egg that's all is all these issues with boyd yeah not ideal not ideal he said some better ones in there but yeah what do you do with a kid like you know the problem is if he was a third or fourth starter, a fourth starter for a good team, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Matt Boyd, that's, that's a nice piece. But for us to try to make him or think of him as our ace does not do him or us any favors. I don't know if that's even true, though. What, what's his ERA at? Like, wow. So ERA at 7.63. I don't yeah, think that's a, that's a seventh starter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to your power rankings. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Power rankings. Oh, I'm finally recovering from my sugar coma from last week. So. <laughs> you get your diabetes tests and supplies? Oh, my gosh. It was not good for my intestines, let me tell you. Um, something new this week. Uh, we've had some games against the Brewers. True. And the Brewers have been wearing kind of a throwback look, kind of this blue and yellow. Design. I love it. And It is so course, sick. And, of course, they have the old MMB logo mm-hmm. on their caps, which is one of the best logos i think ever devised maybe with the old expos logo yeah that's a good one too i agree so i have for you the best and worst current logos in baseball okay i like this so this is um the made the official the official logo not any of the secondary stuff this is like if you look up the standings here's the little symbol by it okay so these are the the real logos okay the legit okay. ones. Yeah, yeah. So coming in at number seven is the really a new classic, and that is the Houston Astros. Okay. I think this is a good look. I think it's probably the newest of the logos. Just a classic H, uh, a nice typeface. It's in what they call a, a what do they call it? It's a roundel. It's a circular shape. Sure. It's got the star in the middle, the the dark blue and the orange, which of course I'm partial to. But the Houston Astros number seven looks good. Yeah, I like that. Number six is the Padres. And this is like the interlocking S and D. Okay. And what's fascinating about this is the interlocking S and D. And it creates this P at the bottom part, right? So it's kind of like this negative space looking thing. It's kind of classy, clever, and simple. I see it. All right. I, I never would have noticed that. Oh, is that right? Kudos. Yeah, I, I think that I think they did that on purpose. I don't think so. I think it was an accident. Um, yeah, San Diego, stay classy, San Diego. Thank you. <laughs> um, coming in at number five is the Oakland A's. This is a roundel again, um, but there's something about the the vivid green and the yellow together. I kind of yeah, just I to agree. Me, is very unique. It's very timeless with that club. And um, the A in the middle is got this like little tails on it. I, it, I think it looks It's cool. a real fancy A. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, the A's have one of the best color schemes in baseball, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think it looks really sharp. 
Coming in at number four, we have the Toronto Blue Jays. I always think this is very striking, the bird head, very regal, and it's very like sharp and angular. You have the leaf, you get the pointiness, and the typeface is very distinctive. I think it's just a nice composition, the Blue Jays. Yeah, I completely, you've, you've actually, I'm surprised that our tastes have, have jived so similarly, but you're killing this <laughs> so far. I'm ready to snap on you at a moment's notice, though, so don't get com- comfy. All right. I, I, will, I will go with trepidation. Absolutely. Uh, number three is the Detroit Tigers. I'm surprised that's not a little higher. I like the old, what's well, three? Three? I like the old English D a lot. You, you see the D. You don't need to say anything more. You know that's the Detroit Tigers. It's simple. It's a brand unto itself. It's timeless. It's been around forever. It's, you know, kind of elegant and nostalgic, but at the same time, kind of hip. Yeah. I like it. I love it. That's fair. Okay. Um, Coming in at number two, we have the Chicago Cubs. It's kind of chunky and bold. It's the circle with kind of very circular C, like inter interlocking. It's very symmetrical in a way. And um, yeah, it, it almost seems like a piece of modern art to me. It's, it's yeah, very, it, very that's a that's a really it, it looks simultaneously very modern and very like vintage, which is yes. a very hard thing to do. Yeah, I, I think the Cubs logo looks cool. Um, number one, you have a guess? Are we are, are the Brewers included, or is this Brewers aside? Uh, so the current logo. Oh, 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 okay. Because the, the current Brewers logo is like this shock of wheat getting back to our threshing theme. Like underneath <laughs> it, you know. Listeners had no idea there was going to be so much threshing talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with the Orioles. It's a big one for me anyway. Uh, no. I'm going with the Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, it's that's pretty this, classic too. It's, it's kind of this perfect script. And um, it's got this, the ball behind it. It looks like it's exploding. It's very like motion oriented. It looks fast. It looks like a, looks like an American Sputnik (laughs) design. It really is. Uh, It's, it's timeless. Um, Even when the, the tigers wore the old kind of script tigers from like the K line years, they wear it for like Negro leagues, the Tigre or not uh, for, um, Fiesta Tigres. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's reminiscent of that. And I think it, but to me, I see that and I think, oh, that's the Dodgers. Or it looks like the Dodgers because they have kind of cornered that. I mean, blue on white, it's, it's, looks pretty good. The Dodgers is number one. I agree. I, I, I can't, I can't poo on that much other than the Orioles one is it, with the bird. I think it should have been, should have been somewhere. <sighs> In the top I seven. Don't know. The bird is so cartoony to the point yeah, of... Yeah, but have you seen their mascot? That's exactly what he looks like. A bird. <laughs> yeah. I, it's not as good as any of the other ones. Okay. Hot uh, bottom seven. Or bottom three. Oof. Number third from the bottom, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks. This was, to me one that seems locked in time like oh yeah this is like a 90s early 2000s logo or whatever yeah that's a good just call with the, the, that color red and the gold and black like it's very locked in time 
I got a hot take for you on the Diamondbacks. I think they're the most forgettable franchise in baseball. Like, if they just stopped existing, how long would it take for you to remember that they were ever around? Okay, I would agree with you except for 2001. Okay, yeah, that was... After after 9-11 and they beat the Yankees and was it Craig Council yep. did that? And they had Randy Johnson and... He who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was pretty memorable. And I hated the Yankees as much as I do now. And so I was happy to see them lose. So that's why I'll remember the Diamondbacks for that. Fair enough. That and what, Goldschmidt? He's not even there anymore. You see, shows what I know. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> Didn't they have Upton for a while when he was real good? Yeah. That's about all I know. Yeah, the, the dude that you freaked out about the moment he got to town and were right about. Upton. Good times. Yeah. Um, the, the logo is fine but it's it's trying too hard to make like the negative space look like a snake and you know the a it's just it's just too much yeah no. um so if the diamondbacks is too much then i'm going to one that's too little and that is the colorado rockies their primary logo is a interlocking c and r and it's kind of this silvery color. it stands for the the colorado rockies yeah, uh, yeah, I know what it stands for. It just doesn't look very good to me. Okay, that, that's fair. It's not, I'm not boring. a huge fan it's not, either. It's not doing anything for me. Those Rockies. Um, <laughs> the number one worst logo, primary logo. I'm going to go Marlins. That's a good, that's a decent guess because it's kind of busy. But I'm going to go with the cleveland indians okay so right. ju- just the c so wahoo is out mm-hmm. hopefully forever that's good but it's just this block c which is better than wahoo but it's still bad like c is a bad letter to do block style you know what would be a better block letter a d m m oh m. the block m looks way better the c is just I don't know. It's the wrong letter for it. The whole thing's a mess. It doesn't have enough interest going on. And they're, uh, the Indians is just stupid. They hold, they need a whole new makeover. They need a whole new identity and start. And maybe just don't be in Ohio. You just round it right off. a new city, a new everything. (laughs) Stop being the Indians. That's power. All right, so uh, nothing on the side of the road this week, so I'll tell you more adventures in Indiana. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, it's not. It's better than Ohio. <laughs> so uh, I'm on my way. Uh, so we have a couple clients out in, in the Middlebury area, which I don't know if you are familiar with, but that's Amish country. Uh, I was going to say Amish country. Don't, you have to go through there. To, to get, get to Shipshawana. Shipshawana. Yeah, which is like Amish. Yeah. Isn't where, that where the home they? of Yup's Dairyland? I, you're gonna have to tell me on that one. You gotta go to Yup's Dairyland in Middle Middlebury, Indiana, and get some ice cream. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so anyway, there was a um, horse and buggy driving towards me. You know, the the horse out front, the buggy behind, and the guy driving the buggy has on the Amish hat, the Amish pants, yeah. and you know the Amish jacket. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. Sleeves cut off so that it's a vest. Looking like the hardest dude in the world. It was so funny. Sun's out, guns out, horses out, 
That's right. So yeah, that's... you don't want that farmer's tan. Probably not. <laughs> it's very true. Sunscreen is too English, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I also saw a drug bust on, on Ironwood when I was running today. So that's something. Among Amish? Oh, not Amish. No, no, that was in that was in South Bend. That's a that was more of a, of a city crime. But no, there was there was a trunk open and they were going through stuff and there was a man with his hand behind his back. So it was pretty easy to, to tell what was going on. Yeah. I've sold uh, disc golf discs out of my trunk before and I felt like a drug dealer. That's as close as I've gone. <laughs> so hardcore. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Twitter questions. That's it. That's all that's happening in Indiana. Dude, it's Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> a guy without sleeves and a drug bust. That's that's pretty good. I mean, that's a that's a big week for that's, here. That's a lot for Indiana. Okay. I'm in charge of reading questions again, so you get what you get, people. <laughs> all right. Um, Twitter questions. Leland's Long asks, I know it's too early for this question, but you guys need some good questions. So who will manage the Tigers next year? I'm not convinced Guard Guardy wants to continue. Why, why I'm just kidding. Um, I think there is a non-zero chance that Don Kelly is our next manager. And I'm not just saying that to patronize Tigers fans. Like I think that is a genuine possibility. I don't know how I feel about that. It'd be I joke it would... about him so much, but I don't know if he could do you think he'd be a good manager? Yeah, I think I think managing is all about personality management. I think you surround yourself with guys to help you manage the game. And I don't see Donnie having any problem managing personalities. I think, um, for my prediction, I think Gardy will be back. Okay, I kind of do too. Um, uh, Leland's Long also asks, I'm liking our young infield. Can Torque play the outfield? I'm going to go on a limb and say he can play the outfield as well as he can play third base. I heard he, he's the the club is like pumping him up. Oh, of course they so are. Good at third base. It's in their best interest for the people to think that he's good at third base. That is nothing but PR spin. Here's the thing: when Torque is ready, Torque will have a place to play. Agreed, definitely. Right. Uh, so between him and Candelario, they're the corners. We'll we'll figure something out. Yeah, having too many good bats is a, is a good problem. Um, think pod pod Alzer asks, what gives you the right? <laughs> it's a fair question. Yeah. I, one I've never thought about, but Nothing. <laughs> nobody, we make our own rights here. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like there, there's no quality control on the internet to who can plug in microphones and record things. There's a low threshold entry for yeah. us. There maybe should be, well, if we're being yeah. honest, you should have to, put like 20 bucks up if you want a podcast that would weed out some of the chaff yeah it would man more chaff talk huge uh, agricultural show uh it's just ripe for never mind uh <laughs> tom lacombe asks tom lacombe for what is your expectation from jordan zimmerman in his return i mean i don't know that yeah. literal dog do is my expectation but but somewhere in that in that general vicinity uh, Adam Langworthy asks, did you watch the YouTube broadcast? No. Because the Tigers were on YouTube today. Oh. Not on Fox Sports Detroit. Interesting. No, I, no, I did not. I caught part of it, and I will tell you, it was kind of fun. Like, I would like okay, give me the Okay, give me the lowdown. What's, what's the difference? Well, um, so Sean Casey was the color guy. 
I'm not familiar who the play-by-play guy was, but he sounded as, young. I was going to say, they, they sound better. I, yeah, I might well, take them. <laughs> yeah, it was better than Shep. Sorry. Um, but the broadcast was fun. On the right-hand side, they had a running um, chat going, and it was a kind of a curated list of uh, interested fans or like semi-media. It, I don't know, people people maybe a step up from me and okay. you, I don't know, but like people who kind of are, know what they're talking about. It was kind of a, a, a chat and that was kind of neat to see. I really enjoyed that. I guess they had um, Beck on the broadcast, Jason Beck and one of the Indians guys too. To me, those guys are far more interesting than the players sometimes because they have some insight and well-rounded information yeah they're paid to be idea presenters not paid to be athletes yes yes the broadcast itself from a technical and aesthetic point of view i thought was really good which is Um, shocking if this is kind of more of a a test run type of deal you'd imagine that the long established ones would have the production value I, i thought it was i thought it was really pretty good now i didn't see the whole game thankfully uh but the parts that i did watch were good so we are officially uh 0-1 0-1 with a minus 19 run differential when playing on YouTube. <laughs> right. It's a bad sign. But. Uh, Avila's burner account at GML Avila asks, <laughs> what sandwich do you think made Guardy sick? I don't know. Is it, it BLT season, maybe? I mean, a lot, a lot of tomatoes are coming ripe these days. Yeah, I don't a Philly cheesesteak is what I got sick on. I don't know if that's a sandwich, but it's, a, it's not a hot dog. Hot dog's a safe sandwich. Maybe somebody sandwich. told him that Zimmerman was on his way back and it was just a natural reaction. You're so mean. Be nicer. I feel like we've earned the right over these five years to, to say more or less what we what we want in that arena. Yeah, if you're spending over a hundred million bucks on a guy, you can dog him every once in a while. Yeah, specifically when we are personally paying him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Renee at Halbach R asks, has Anthony Fennec entered the witness protection program? I don't know. Has Fennec not been tweeting? That's a good question. I can't remember the last time Fennec like materialized in any way in my viewing. I huh. talked to Fennec about the um, Galarraga story he wrote a big story on that and i was there so that was kind of neat i got to chat with him yeah you were it's a big deal yeah um the quiet one at david cook 1959 asks where does stewie go from here it just seems like they've given him plenty of time to show he can hit at this level and it's just not happening do they keep him at triple a in case of dire emergency trade him give him another shot or release him okay you have a take on that? Uh, I, I, I don't know what we do with him, but from his perspective, he just needs a change of scenery. He needs different voices, you know, speaking in his ear. I'm not sure that there's a salvageable career there, but if there is, it's not happening here. Well, I, I think these things are kind of self-determining, right? There's no reason to release him. You still have his rights and he's cheap. So you're not going to do that. You're not going to likely trade him because nobody's going to give you anything for him. So the, 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 what you do is you keep him in the minor leagues until you can't anymore. I mean, he's, until he gets better. Does, is he going to have any options for next year? I feel like he would be a, a DFA candidate after camp. 
Um, I'd have to look at his. I, he, he's relatively young yet, isn't he? He's like twenty five. He's he's not that young for as lack of for as little right. production as he's given at the big league level. He is a, shall I say, a one tool player. And which which tool is that? Well, <laughs> not to be me. Well, right now he's a no tool player, but in his best days he was a power hitter. He yeah. hit you home runs. If he right. even gave a little bit of inkling towards having that tool, I don't think we'd be having this discussion. But right now, he's, yeah. If you had to DFA him, you could probably still retain his services. Yeah, I'm pretty confident so that. You're not losing anything if somehow he slips through your fingers. Correct. Um, Brett Yoder asks, we all know Guardy is a bit of a lovable oaf, but if we were going to try to win going forward... Do you like him as the manager? If not, who do you like? I feel like we kind of covered this. But I like Gardy. Yeah, definitely. He, he's um, better regarded than uh, than the, his predecessor. Right. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is weird, but anyway. Um, at JBiz03 asks, which of the outfield prospects... I, you know, I, I'm still pondering the last question. For some reason in my brain, I thought our last manager was Jim Leland because we talked about him. <laughs> and I just completely blanked on years of Brad Osmus. Like, I don't even feel bad about that. No. Okay, back <laughs> to the questions. Which of the outfield prospects do you think will stay with the organization? Which do you think will be flipped once their values are established via their play this year? There's a lot baked into that question, which I would question, but what do you think? Yeah, I don't I don't know that anyone that's played the outfield for us this year is getting flipped. If anything it'd be the infielders. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't see anybody that's debuted from us having more value in a trade than they do actually playing for us. Yeah, like we need these young guys. Yeah. Lots and, of them because you you need you know, it's it's like ordering a package of something on the uh, online, and you they're kind of mismatched, and you have to order ten to get three good ones. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> That's how it is with prospects. If you want three good somethings, you got to get ten of them and sort them through. That's an incredible analogy. Well, I couldn't come up with the exact thing, so I just said things off the internet. Socks, maybe. Well, well, like imagine you know, two by fours from the home Depot. You know, sort through them to get, you know, 10, two by fours. You might have three good ones. Well, sure. Who doesn't know that? Um, Lawn stake ball asks uh, a question about Robert Baker. So Robert Baker, the the good people named Robert Baker out there. It's a common name. So a little shout out to all the Robert Bakers out there. Um, (laughs) On Pizza Slayer Jslaw0809 says, I think this is the guy who always gives us like clip questions. Is this the, this is the Baywatch question too? Uh, anyway, on Family Guy, there's an epic farting contest between Peter and Michael Moore. Who would win a similar contest between Gardy and Gene Lamont? <laughs> who is a better farter? I mean, that's a that's a really good matchup. I got I gotta go, Gene. He's got a little more. He's got a little girth on on girth, and Gardy. he's got age on his side. I think. Yeah. You know, Experience. The digestive system isn't quite as nimble. <laughs> I'd say. True. All right. 
we we should stop agreeing. We're supposed to fight. That's how these shows work. <laughs> Dan Hogan ninety five asks, with everything that is going on, how beneficial is a playoff berth and playoff success in twenty twenty compared to normal years? Hmm, that's a that's a really good question. I mean. From a like literal standpoint, I, I don't know that it does, but from a psychological standpoint within the team, I mean, it, it could have a, a little bit of lasting impact. I, I think in the end, whether it's a weird series or not, people or we are weird season or not, people are going to kind of have similar takeaways from it as they would a normal season. Not, not, not to, to me, be a poo pooer. To me, I think it's more important. And I think the whoever wins the World Series this year will be more memorable than other seasons so for instance who won the world series in 2011 probably the red sox i feel like that's who who won the world series in 2008 probably also the red sox (laughs) i don't know i don't know the answer to these questions like but i feel like in this goofy season whoever does something in the playoffs in in 2020 will be remembered because it was so goofy all right. I, I think it'll hold extra import. I kind of hope so. I, I feel like that is something we could all use. I'm, I'm skeptical, but I hope so. Yeah. Um, Mitch from Michigan asks us a very in-depth question about restructuring our life using classic TV sitcom characters. I actually I did some like research this on this one. What's that? I said I, I did some prep on this one. Okay, okay good. So all I'm right. going gonna, I'm gonna to read it then. Okay. But, yep. All right. You have to reconstruct your life using classic TV sitcom characters. Who would you pick to be your father? Oh, I didn't. I did not read this question correctly. I, father, I picked mother, sibling, significant other, best friend, or wild card. I picked. I picked characters that bore similarities to my dad, mother, etc. Okay. Well, so how about I answer it that way? Why don't you just answer whichever question you imagine? <laughs> Yeah, reading reading's hard. I, I don't do it much. Um, so for my dad, I went with Tim the Toolman Taylor. Um, okay. Big Steve, I'm sure appreciates that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one I feel like goes goes without saying. Uh, oh. My mother, uh, yes. Aunt Viv from uh, <clears throat> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I feel like she had a, a lot to kind of rein in, keep together. Did it flawlessly and ended up being two people over the course of the season. I was going to say, like, she's an African-American woman who's actually two people. <laughs> exactly. The the, the similarities are, are stunning. Yeah. Um, as far as wife, I went with Cheryl from Cur- Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, just the nicest girl in the world has to put up with daily nonsense from her husband, um, okay. which in that case would be me. Um, best friend. The, the person that reminds me most of, of my best friend is Detective Jake Peralta from Br- Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Are you familiar with that? No. Okay, well. I just watched Tigers. <laughs> and then the, the wild card, um, there's this guy that I host a podcast with. Um, he's kind, kind of old. He reminds me of Frank Reynolds from Always Sunny. Okay. That's, it was you. It was, it was the joke. I'm Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck are you doing man <laughs> the devito accent going we're, we're kind of different sizes a little bit yeah yeah you're you're roughly two danny devitos or he's like yeah. a half of an eric I, I i love danny devito i think he's fun it's a good dude all right are, are we done with that question uh that that's all i have so preferably yes we, well, we are yes we are okay high school tim tim in the north asks 
If you could swap out the announcing crew of Gibby and Shep for Mario and Simo, would you do it? Yes. Unreservedly, yes. I would too. Although I see what you're trying to do by <laughs> inflicting us with Craig Monroe. And that does hamper the duo. But the play-by-play guy does most of the talking. Right. On, and- a, on a Madden scale, Mario's like an 80. Shep, Gibby, and Shep and Gibby are like 65s, and Simo's a 50. Like, the difference going down is not nearly as di- big as the difference going up. Does that make sense? Okay. I am seeing some renewed energy for Mario. And I, I think this is good. I would love to have Mario back. Yeah, it feels like a no-brainer. Enough time has passed. Let's let's all just ask, not to you know, not to poop on Shep. Who who do we ask though? I mean, who just at the Tigers? They they're in charge of everything. All just right. send them an email. Respond to Instagram. There, say it's time to bring Mario back at Tigers. Please ask nicely. Speaking of Robert Baker, he's back with a question. Kerba 1123 is Robert Baker. Obviously, this season's odd playoffs put the Tigers into contention later in the season. But at what point, given the difficulty of the remaining schedule, do they consider shutting things down? I mean, we got to be more than a game and a half out of out of the playoffs to do that. Um, you know when you shut it down? When you're mathematically eliminated. Yeah. Otherwise, you try. Yeah, I mean, it's, you play to win the game. I, I'm just trying to think of like the the cost benefit here. Like the only people that you'd be saving would be Mize and Scoople, and they had they'll have had limited innings anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I really don't point. see any point. shutting it down. Doesn't look much different than trying. Is yeah, what you're trying to say. And also, Gardenhire, he doesn't have a shutting it down bone in his body, so I don't know that that's yeah. that's an option. Uh, Brian Frankfurth who is at Chief Broom, asks, oh, he has two questions. Oh, boy. Here we go. Question one. What is the least craziest thing that you would have, that would have to happen for you to get a Victor Reyes tattoo? There's some energy on the Twitter about getting Victor Reyes tattoos because the UK kid and now some other kid, you know, basically bet that they're kids. You're going to call me old. I'm going to call these people on Twitter kids. I mean, at this point, it's kind of played, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in. And and it, he, he's good now too. Like, I feel like that takes a lot of the sting out of it. Yeah, and his he got like a jersey with the number on it. I want like a face. Give <laughs> a, me a portrait Victor's, of Victor Reyes. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't count just to get his number. That's weak sauce. That's that's fair. I want a full chest piece of Mr. Reyes. <laughs> That would be something. I'd, I'd love to see that on somebody. Yeah. Question two. If getting a Victor Reyes tattoo guaranteed that the Tigers win the World Series, would you do it? Yes. Absolutely. That is a great question. I, I think I would, too. It would be small. And like you said, it would be a portrait. But it would be. Yeah, I'd, I'd do it. Yeah. Why not? If, especially if you'd wuss out and like do a, a D with his number or something like that. Or his stat line from the, you know something or that's a that's a weak sauce approach but i would do that for a world series win. absolutely yeah is that how is, is that my, twitter get questions it, getting getting right into my i'd put it someplace in my big poppy jock region with a <laughs> peanut butter 
so good. <sighs> oh, no, there's more. Troya, Anthony Troya asks, so now that Jordan has a new pod, who's the cuck in this situation? You or his new co-hosts? This is this is kind of a it's kind of a pejorative term, don't you think? You're the one reading it out here. You know, I'm I'm happy for Jordan in all his adventures. <laughs> okay, there's there's more. Those are more questions. Let's save them for next week. I have 11 percent battery on my computer right now. We, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you, people, for the questions. And, and do even better next week. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain. And the show is at podcastianos. And as always, we would love it. If you would take the time to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Eric, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for another week? No, I'm out of agricultural references. All right. With that being said, uh, we will catch you guys next week and eat them up. Tigers eat them up. 